You're listening to Tech Talks, the TV industry podcast from Broadcast Tech Magazine. My name is Jake Bickerton and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport and Broadcast Tech Magazines. Today I'm talking to Eurosport presenter Orla Shenoy about the broadcaster celebration of the London 2012 Olympics. For eight days, Eurosport is showcasing the best of London 2012, with Orla interviewing triumphant members of Team GB, recollecting their memories of the hugely successful Olympic Games. The production was created remotely during lockdown, with Orla recording her interviews over Zoom. We're looking back on London 2012, but with a bit of a difference. We're bringing in all of the key protagonists from the action and asking them to remember and reflect with us as we look back on the footage from eight years ago. And it's been so fascinating for me because I was at the Games. I lived and breathed those Games for years because I was Olympics correspondent at Sky News and then Sky Sports News. So I lived and breathed the Games in the build-up. And then during the Games themselves, I lived pretty much in the Olympic Park. And so I saw all of the events firsthand. I witnessed the joy, the elation, the disbelief, the national celebration. And it's really funny going back to it now because we knew at the time that it was a really special moment in time and a really Mm. special moment in sporting history. Mm. And I think that's only been compounded by the passage of time since because we realised, yeah, we were right. We'll never get that back again. We'll never (laughs) have that feeling again. Sitting down with the people that were providing all the action and getting their memories of it from the other side has been absolutely fascinating and thrilling. And as a sports fan, I've loved it. And what I've really liked most is that I was really afraid that these memories wouldn't stand the test of time Mm. and that we'd look back and think, yeah, that was lovely at the time, but our world now is so different. I think the fact that our world, especially right now, is so different makes those memories even more special and even more true. Um, And it's been a really magical experience, actually. I've, I've absolutely loved it. Have you done all the recordings already now? We've done them all already now, yeah, all in the can. With the recordings themselves, you say they're looking back at, you know, their particular moments during the Olympics where they triumphed. Are they watching that while you're chatting to them over Zoom? How is it working? How are those recollections being managed? Yes, we haven't been watching them live as we're chatting. We've sent them the clips of the things that we're going to be talking about and then asking them to reflect around it. Logistically, it's meant that we've all been on a Zoom call. So, for example, myself, Kath Granger, Greg Serlin, Helen Glover, we're on a four-way Zoom call. And then we'll have a conversation bringing it through. So it's a mixture of a more traditional studio format whereby I'm throwing two breaks or I'm teeing up the footage and we're reacting off the back of it. And a Zoom conversation, you know, where we're all just sort of talking to each other from our living rooms or our kitchens or spare bedrooms or whatever. It's been brilliant because we haven't had to coordinate studio schedules with people. You're not organizing cars or hotels or overnight stays. You're just popping into your kitchen. But as we all know these days, that's much easier said than done. You've got <laughs> children at your feet or animals at your feet or a husband <laughs> or a wife who needs your assistance or something. You know, it's, um, it's yeah. been fun. Has it been natural enough, you know, compared to what you're used to doing the face-to-face stuff? Is it, does it feel, still feel like a kind of face-to-face interview doing it over Zoom? It felt a little bit unusual to begin with for maybe five, ten minutes. I know how I come across in Zoom. I know how I come across in studio. How those two come together, I don't know, because I haven't seen the finished edit yet. But then we all just get into our own groove anyway. And the advantage is that I know all the athletes 
So yes. it did feel like a catch up, you know, and it was a kiss of, hi, how are you doing? What have you been doing since? And oh, I haven't seen you since then. And so that made it a lot easier. So I was surprised by how quickly it's become a new norm for me, yes. you know, and, and, and I feel like it's a way of programming already, whether, you know, any of it or very much of it lasts beyond this current situation, who knows? Mm. But um, yeah, it felt, it actually felt very natural. And because we're all Zooming these days or whatever platform we're using to catch up with people, it's, yeah. it's something that's going to be very familiar to a lot of people. But what I like is seeing these people transported from the sporting arena that they excelled in to see them in their kitchens you know it's not <laughs> it's not where before we'd catch up with them in a studio because there's still an element of artifice to that you know there's still an element of gloss that we've applied over the top whereas yes. here we're just seeing them in their sitting room and i love that juxtaposition <laughs> i think it's it's a lovely way to bring down the, the wall you know do you think almost they were perhaps more relaxed then in that case, you know, being in that environment? Do you think they, they perhaps reminisced and gave you more than they might have done if it had been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of them we couldn't get to stop talking. Seriously? Wow. It was so funny. I tell you what, Bradley Wiggins was brilliant. Whenever we sat down, he said, he practically rubbed his hand with glee. He said, I've been looking forward to this. I can't <laughs> wait. And he started talking and I thought, Bradley, I haven't heard you talk so much about 2012 and all the time I've known him, he was just uh-huh. loving going down memory lane. And, and uh-huh. yeah, I think for everyone as well, we forget because it's such a big part of, I guess, our sporting history. And they're a part of that sporting history. Mm. We forget that for them, as well as us, life moves on. Mm. You know, and so for most of these people, they don't take their, their medals out of their drawers or sit and reflect on how wonderful they were. Mm-hmm. So it's been, for each one of them, they said it's been lovely to just sit down and remember what they mm. did. Who have you interviewed as part of this series? So Chris Hoy, Joanna Rysel, Max Whitlock, Christian Thomas, Beth Tweddle, Rebecca Adlington, Adam Peaty, Tom Daly, Bradley Wiggins, Lizzie Dignan, Kath Granger, Greg Searle, Helen Glover, Mo Farah, Greg Rutherford, Seb Coe, Tony Minicello, who's the coach of Jess Ennis Hill. Did I forget anyone in there? Oh, I did. <laughs> Uh, Jade Jones, Gemma Gibbons, and Anthony Ogogo. Compared you on your memory, that's very impressive. There's no way I'll be able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) How is it being packaged up? You're doing a different sport each episode, are you? Is that how it's being done? Yeah, so we're going to start with the opening ceremony, which I'm so excited about. I get goosebumps even just remembering back. That wasn't wonderful. Amazing. And then we go through the sports. We've got track cycling. We've got road cycling gymnastics as a separate sport, fight sports, rowing, and so on. So they are packaged up as a traditional studio show. So I'll kick off the programming saying, you know, welcome to Return to London 2012. This is what we've got coming up today. I'll introduce the guests. We'll see them in their Zoom settings, (laughs) ask them how they're getting on. And then we will start to reminisce on each of their wonderful exploits. And it's a mixture really of stories behind the scenes that we didn't know or memories that they haven't shared before. Or their journey since then as well you know for some people they still will say that those moments were the best moments of their career Lizzie Dignan who went on to become a world cycling champion said that finishing second in London was better for her than becoming world champion it was Mm. so special to her Kath Granger as well says it was the best single moment of her career which is phenomenal given her career Touching moments as well as, you know, it's not just getting the flags out and waving and celebrating, you know, because not everyone achieves their dreams. That's really important because that's what sport's about. That said, the overwhelming mood of all of it is, is incredibly positive because it was a blooming marvellous time. 
Do you think there's any lessons that you can learn in the way that you're producing content at the moment and doing all this kind of remote working for the future? I really, really like the accessibility of what we can do right now and the flexibility of how the industry has been has, has been so inspiring and mm. energizing. And what I really like about it is that the fans have had to come first. We have had to keep people entertained. We've had to keep fans at the forefront of all programming thoughts. But also just, yeah, I, I really like the remoteness of all of it. Nothing for me replaces being in the same place as someone and having a one-to-one -one conversation. But this is good. It's a good substitute. Yeah. What I've really liked as well is the fact that people haven't had to go through 10 different agents to clear diaries and organize cars and all the logistics of it. It's simply been a case of firing up your phone and cracking on with it. And I would love to see some of that remaining, some of that flexibility. And so what I think is brilliant about this with Eurosport is that they've taken all the elements of how we're doing things right now, you know, mm. in terms of Zoom, in terms of being much more flexible, in terms of deconstructing how we usually make a television program, but they've applied TV production to it. And mm. that is going to be the key. And if we, can, if we can do that in the future, then the world's our oyster, really, in terms of getting content and stories out there, which is what I'm all about. It's all about the stories. Were there any sort of little tech hitches or anything like that? Yeah, quite a few. Quite a few. <laughs> well, the thing is, as well, we were recording them at different times of day. And depending on where each of us were, it depended on what was happening in that area. So, mm. for example, I live in central Amsterdam. During the day at the moment, the Wi-Fi was absolutely great. No mm. problem whatsoever. There are a lot of families where I live. In the evening time when I was recording, it turns out suddenly everyone is putting their kids in front of iPads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so all the bandwidth has been used up. And so... There were a few evening broadcasts where I just kept dropping out. And we had issues with people's headphones and whatnot and trying yeah. to, I mean, the number, I'm now an expert in, in remotely telling someone how to connect their AirPods. But mostly it was fine. There were a few glitches here and there, but I think that's where, again, we have the advantage. If a picture was glitching, but the sound was still mm. okay, we mm. can still paint picture from the original footage over visual glitches so there's usually a way around it and if not there have been a few times where I've had to like say goodbye to the guests and then stay on and re-record some links you know yeah, if things yeah. weren't quite clean enough but it's been remarkably straightforward compared to the effort that goes into a studio it's been really straightforward yeah well it's been lovely talking to you all thanks very much for spending the time to do this okay take care yes thank you bye bye I hope you enjoyed this episode of Broadcast Tech Tours podcasts Subscribe now and I'll see you next time.